Welcome to Buzzing About Romance. I am Becky, and joining me for this episode is my author friend, Erin Nicholas. Hi, Erin. Hi, Becky. Um, thanks for jumping in and helping me do this episode tonight. Of course. Christmas books. Come on. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Absolutely. I've been reading all the holiday romances and our quick shots up and until I think like the 21st are all going to be holiday novellas that we're reading. Awesome. I. It's funny. The very first year we did the podcast, I was kind of like, I don't really like Christmas books. I don't really like them. Then I started to get FOMO. People were talking about yeah. them. And I'm like, <laughs> and then I read a couple really good ones and then I'm like, okay, yeah. I like that. I'm in. Yeah. I've always liked them. I think I'm the, but see, I'm the one who like, I want to like the Hallmark movies. I watch the Hallmark movies, right? But they're not, they're not spicy enough. So that's what the books do for me. I mean, this time of year, it's all Christmas. It's all peppermint. It's all whatever. Like I don't mind having sweaters and boots on, you know, I will mind at the end of January, but yeah, <laughs> I don't mind yet. I think I like them just because a lot of them are short and sweet. Mm -hmm. right under 200 pages but see right i'm a category romance reader i love yeah. category um <clears throat> because they're like short and to the point and really when i started picking up the holiday releases and the novellas that's what they felt like yeah kind of like that yeah. those christmas categories that were just spicy and fun um yeah well, I think when you're like, for me anyway, when I'm going to a Christmas book, that's what I want. I just want Christmas. I just want a couple at Christmas, maybe with their family, maybe snowed in in a lodge, whatever, but there's just, there doesn't need to be a lot of extra stuff. Yeah. So it doesn't need to be really long. You know, I do have a concern about all the places that are getting snowed in because it's <laughs> not happening where I live. <laughs> I know, right? I know. I've grown up in Nebraska and Iowa, so it does happen. I'm I'm okay with it. Yeah. It's so funny cuz like it occurs to me my my son now lives out in LA after growing up in Iowa. And uh he came home for Thanksgiving and it snowed. I was like, "You're so you brought the snow." Like I didn't want it this early, but it was here for you. And he's like, "I don't miss it. I don't miss it." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So my husband is from Cleveland area and he would get lake effect snow, oh, which is way man. different than the kinds of snow that we get right. here. And I right. remember one year we were driving up. It was right before Christmas. We were driving up to Cleveland to visit his grandmother. Just it was just a quick overnight or for the day. And it hit a real heavy, wet snow. And it took yeah. us like four hours to yeah. make a two and a half hour trip. Right. I think everyone who lives in the Midwest has a story like that. At least one. Right. Yeah. If not multiples yeah I don't know is it a thing where like if you grow up in a place where it snowed the stories feel familiar and if you didn't it's fun because it's something you don't experience maybe that's why yeah I always think it's funny yeah. the people who like live Mason Dixon line so Kentucky Tennessee um they're yeah. always like oh I really love snow yeah, your <laughs> whole state shuts down right at right. one inch at half an inch I know I know like, on Facebook, there's always that we joke about that, like, you know, people are like out of school for like, you know, half inch. And we're like, oh, please. Yeah. <laughs> that's nothing here. That's like a Tuesday morning. And then, you know, but yeah, it's I, I think it's just it's fun. And thankfully, it's not year round, thankfully. So I guess it just feels yeah. <laughs> seasonal. It does. Um, so on this episode of Buzzing About Romance, I'm going to catch up with author Aaron Nicholas, and we're going to talk some mycotropes first. And then yeah. um, what are what are they? 
the purpose of them. And also, we're going to talk about writing Christmas romances. We're going to get into why choose books because Miss Erin is writing some why choose with her author friend, Erin McCarthy. And then just catch up kind of Romance Landia. I have a couple like, what are your thoughts on this year? Um, questions that we'll get into everything. (laughs) Um, so romance term of the week, like I said, is microtropes. So this is defined as, and I will say I'm defining this. This is my, (laughs) this is only buzzing about romance official. Okay. Got it. Um, these are small nuances within a story that create an emotional reaction For the reader. They are very specific to each story and to each reader. It varies to which character it is aligned with. Example, a dirty talker, competent hero, almost kiss, forearms. I think kinks fall under microtropes. Um, Such things as like praises like good girl, um, love languages, small touches. Those are all going to be microtropes. Yeah. Yeah. I love this conversation and I love that this has become a thing that people talk about and like list their favorites and things like that. I love that because one, it's very helpful to authors to know what everybody loves, right? So we can put those in, but they've always been around and people just haven't talked about them. And I love that people are recognizing it and starting to see, oh my gosh, not only do I love small town romance that has whatever blue collar heroes, but I also love when it's this, or I love when it's this. And it's those tiny things. It's not those it's not, there's a girl on TikTok who does these, like, it's the, it's the little things, you know, and then she'll talk about a book where it's just like this little scene, this little moment. And that's the thing that got her. It wasn't that he was a single dad or that he was a, you know, brother's best friend. It was like this little tiny thing. So yeah, yeah. those are fun. So I'm researching an episode next week, our episodes all about kisses and the sexiness mm-hmm. that is the kiss. And um, as I was researching that, I realized what I like are those almost kisses, like, the hand on the face and the whispers against the ear that have this intimacy about them, but aren't the full like kiss. Oh yeah. See, and this is what's fun about microtopes is when other people say theirs, then you go, Ooh, I really like that too. (laughs) It's not always stuff you think about. There is uh, Marilyn Kelly in uh, it's book two in her hockey series that she's writing right now. Um, there's this almost kiss and he's trying to show her that he can fake a kiss without kissing her without actually oh. kissing her. Okay. But it's all about okay. hand placements and, um, you know, the whispers, the, just the almost touches. And, and I'm just like, that is hot. Well, and it's just, it just goes along with all the, the slow burn and all of that. Right. It's like that linger. It's like that pining it just goes with all of those things that we love it's like when you just have to wait for it yeah so that's so great um do you have a favorite micro trip oh i have so many yeah i have so many i was just gonna say with kisses i love the head kisses i love when the guy when the guy kisses her on the head or on the forehead i don't know there's just something so sweet about that right that's just like a little possessive a little affectionate but it's not the it's not the steam um i have so many gosh i don't know i love when there are i love men who are like, who love pets, who maybe don't love people, but love pets. They have some, you know, they have a cat that is grumpy with everyone else, but loves him. I love that kind of stuff. Um, I love grumpy old people. (laughs) I love grumpy grandmas and grandpas and, you know, people like that. I love food. 
I do have a thing my readers know. I have a thing about and having food, whether it's kind of sexy times or like gifts. I don't know. I have lots of food in my books. I think food as a love language is when know. the hero feeds the heroine. Yeah. I think that that is incredibly sexy. Again, <laughs> for me, the micro tropes are going to create intimacy. Yes. There normally wouldn't be considered an intimate moment. I think that's true. And it characterizes people in such a way. It's like showing, not telling, right? It's like that whole, you get to see this person in a different way, just from this one moment or this one thing they say or do. And it's just, it's, I don't know. I just love that. I love that when you get that little flutter. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's just it. The reactions are going to be very personal to the reader themselves. Like right. Leah had me read Michelle Heard, her latest book, The Heroine is in an arranged forced marriage type situation, but she will not let the hero kiss her until she's okay with him. Like, oh, okay. they have sex, but they don't <laughs> kiss. Sure. It's and the pretty woman thing. It's the pretty yeah. woman thing. Yeah. And he is so respectful of her boundary, but all the while, like, pushing it, which works in a yeah. mafia romance, right? Like, you know, morally yeah. gray, whatever. But maybe even better because you wouldn't expect him to not just blow through it. Right. Right. Yeah. You know. He could have taken control, but he doesn't. He very much like respects the boundary, but you know, and doesn't push right through it. And, right. uh, but he, but he pushes it. He totally pushes it. I realized one the other day, which I mean, I think I knew, but it just was like on the page, like, oh my gosh, I'm reading um, big Nick energy by Morgan Elizabeth. Oh yeah. And, um, without giving any spoilers, um, but the guy, the hero basically steps in it, like screws up the first time they meet, says something really, really, really stupid. <laughs> and she just loses her crap and just chews his ass. And then he looks at her and he goes, you're right. And I was like, oh my God, that is, that is so a moment, right? That's yeah. so a moment. I like, so we talk about like the heroes for the microtropes, but there are some times yeah. when heroines can present the microtrope. Yeah. So we always think about all the heroes, right? right? Yeah, let's talk about heroes. But I yeah. also think, like for me, when a heroine is the pursuer. Oh, I like that too. Yeah, there's not enough of that. Um, Lindsay, mm -hmm. we when we did our female archetype episode, yeah, Lindsay talked about how brother's best friend when she's the little sister mm -hmm. is almost the same as a femme fatale archetype because she oh, can. Especially if she is the pursuer, she right. is the one pushing for the relationship, and he's like, "Whoa, we're not there yep. yet." Yeah, um, yeah. I love, I love when she's the pursuer. There is such. A Have you read Kaylee Ryan's uh, newest one? Does he know? Yes. Yeah. That one. That one. She's very well. And the way I, I like, I like when the heroines in those situations too, and, and it's in that book where she handles her brother too right? right like I mean she's respectful and, and in that one you know they take their time but she's not worried about him like she's like he's gonna love me anyway what's yeah. your problem <laughs> I really like that when they're confident that way um yeah I love when heroines I love heroines who are caretakers I love heroines who know what they want I love when heroines are really confident in the bedroom actually who you know are like let's go yes. agreed um yeah. Carrie Elks have you read Carrie Elks I have. Yeah. Carrie's lovely. Um, book two in her Salinger brothers, the heroine is a meteorologist. Oh, okay. And That's so in an auction, 
the hero buys a daily weather um, forecast, a personalized daily weather forecast. (laughs) And she goes out of her way to provide him with the weather forecast for where he is and what his plans for the day are. And I mean, she hates every moment of it because she thinks he's dating someone else, but he's not. He's with his mother. Got it. Okay. But the book, if you've not read that series, it's so good. Um, I love Carrie Elks. I love Carrie Elks. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I love, you know, and I love a good, Carrie does, that's just what made me think of it. She does a really good single mom. I love strong single moms. Those are, those are a thing for me. That's not, that's not really a micro trope. But I love seeing moms with their kids. Well, so I guess moms kind of who have their shit together. I mean, yep. I was married with a spouse full time. Like Same. there was no yeah. reason, but I was a hot mess of a mom. <laughs> like <laughs> I was just telling someone about big Nick energy because she's a single mom and kind of a mess, but like very aware of it, you know, yeah. and I was telling somebody about it. I was like, I was relating. I relate to every single thing this woman is going through and I had a husband who was yeah. very much a partner, you know, oh. and I'm like, I don't know how single moms do it. It's oh absolutely. But I like when the single mom either, either she has a support system in place yep. or she is competent. And that's just it. I want competent women as much yeah. as I want competent men. Same. Yeah. And you know, I'm sure you've seen this. There's people who talk a lot on social media. It's kind of a micro trip, I guess, where they talk about how, you know, when the guy comes with the money, and or the job offer or the free apartment or the whatever and that's exactly what she needs and then she says no just because she's got pride like sometimes you can sell that but sometimes you just want to go just take it girl that's like, me yeah he's a billionaire he doesn't care <laughs> like, just... like he bought you a car okay great awesome thanks i needed that i know <laughs> or i'd like to see more of that i'm trying to think what book i read recently and he sends her like a full wardrobe and a necklace and shoes and she only keeps the shoes. She sends everything else back and she's like, the necklace was a step too far, but I'm wearing the <laughs> shoes. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Take it all. Put yourself in those shoes. Would you re- literally, but would you really, I mean, maybe some people would send them back, but come on, come on. No. No, if- I like smart women, you know, and I like, I like heroes who believe the woman is smart and yeah. admire that. I love when the hero is the one who says, wow, like you're, you're too smart for me. Like you're too good for me. <laughs> like, what are you doing with me? You know, because they recognize these women are strong and don't really need them, but yeah. they're there because they want to be. And I, that's a, that's a good thing. I, yeah. And if I look back at the old bodice rippers that I used to read when like the female, I'm trying, I'm thinking of the Joanna Lindsay, the Mallory ones where she likes disguises herself as the cabin boy and sneaks yeah. on. She does yeah. the work. It's killing her, but right, she right. does the work. I love that. That was always a thing, right? Yeah, exactly. And they can tell it was a girl, you know, like that was the whole thing. Right. Yeah. Funny. Love that. Love um, that. I love those tough girls. Partly because I would die. I would never be a stable boy. <laughs> me neither. I'd be throwing up or I would yeah, it would take one day. I'd be like, I have a blister. I'm not really good at sweating. So Mm-mm. could we like not do that, exactly. please? <laughs> There's bugs. <laughs> um so okay, so let's talk a little bit about all the things that you are writing. Um, but we're talking, so Christmas releases, we've talked a little bit about them and how excited we are from, but you actually have two Christmas releases 
in this last month. I do. I do. One is Aaron Nicholas and one is Emma Fox, which my life is so fun. I have all these fun things going on. So I'm trying to look up who the author of this book I'm thinking of right now is, but I'll have That's to okay. do it later. I'll have to give you this information. Um, I do. Um, so one of them is, it's called Stuck by You. I'm going to hold it up, but then I'm going to show you something kind of funny. So this is called Stuck by You. It is a Christmas, it's a novella, but it's a long novella. It is 212 pages. So it's a pretty long novella. Um, part of my Louisiana Bayou world, um, a snowed in <laughs> story. Right. Louisiana and Louisiana. No, they go to North Carolina. I know it was really fun. It was part of a, there are five of us who wrote these stories and all of our couples had to come from our own series, but end up in North Carolina at this inn okay. and end up snowed in together. So that was, so I was given some parameters, <laughs> which is always kind of fun, kind of a challenge. That is kind of, so who all wrote with those with you in that? So group? it was Kate Nolan, J.H. Crow, Elena Aiken, and Erica Kelly. Okay. And me. So they're all, we all release them on our own. So you kind of have to search through to find um, the other ones, but yeah, they were all snowed in Mary Falls, North Carolina, which we made up of course. Um, but uh, rivals to lovers, they kind of, um, she is, she works for a guy who builds and renovates bed and breakfasts. And she wants to do one down in this tiny Louisiana town that I have created along the bayou and give people like the Bayou experience, he's a game warden. And he's like, no, that's a terrible idea. So he shoots it down with the city council and she's like, oh, it's on. So they basically spar and banter and all of that. And they end up, uh, he challenges her to spend the night down on the Bayou in a cabin. And he's like, city girl, I don't think you're gonna make it. She's from New York city. He's like, I don't think you know what you're getting into. So he puts her in a cabin overnight. Her power goes out because his friends screw around with it. And she ends up in his cabin with him the first time. That's the first time they get stuck together. Bunch of matchmakers in this little town. Um, and then she has to go to North Carolina for work. And he's like, I'm going with you. He's crazy about her. He falls He falls first and uh, he goes with her and they get snowed in together. So, okay, very spicy, um, a lot of fun. Yeah, so. So, okay, let's is- talk about Snowden real quick. Okay. okay. <laughs> what do you think is the, so we talked a little bit like snow for us in the Midwest is like, yeah, right. it's a mess. Yeah, right, right. Um, But why does Snowden work so well in romance? Why? I think, well, first of all, forced proximity is always great, right? And right? snow, you cannot leave. Like there's forced proximity, there's close proximity. You guys have talked about that on the podcast yeah. where sometimes it's just, you choose not to leave. Like it's not really that you have to stay, right? In when you're snowed in, you have to stay. Like you, if it's a true snowed in situation, right? right? Um, and I think it's just the coziness of it, you know, right? Like there's gonna be fireplaces and there's gonna be hot chocolate, and you might get a little cold, so you probably have to snuggle. <laughs> I always love at least once in every snowed in book. There's the we have to get naked and lay next to each other and share our body heat. <laughs> and I was like exactly it didn't say yeah. powered out it just said snowed yeah. in it just says snowed in. they don't do that I mean they get naked but nobody uses that excuse but <laughs> I also do think that like you know there's always the whole two like we have to walk a half a mile to the cabin that we find or we have to go chop wood and then we get cold right and then we have to take off our wet socks and then oh our shirt and pants too you know <laughs> so 
I think it just sets all that up so well. Nobody's seen a pair of snow boots or snow pants in their whole life. Not if you're from Louisiana. They have no idea what they're doing. Right. <laughs> that actually made this really fun because they really don't know what they're doing. They barely make it off the road. <laughs> but wait, you said she's from New York and in Louisiana. She's from New York. She's actually in Louisiana for work. I mean, that's how okay. she... Okay. Is why she's in the town where they meet her best friend lives there and stuff so but yeah. if she was from new york she would know how to walk in the snow she was a princess though oh, she didn't okay. keep snow she didn't do all of that she stuff. didn't do no. any of that she comes from money no <laughs> the other thing that i always think is so funny is these cabins they all only have one bed of course has of course. no one ever heard of multiple because even in one of the first snowden romances i ever read was judith mcnaught's um it's not Paradise. It's uh, the second one. Um, shoot. He's the movie star that's on the run from... I'm going to find it out here. Have yeah, you ever read that I one? I don't... I didn't read a lot of Judith, actually. Oh. I read lots of other girls, but... Um, so oh, she... you look around. I'm still finding this one. For, um, the first one, Paradise, is my absolute favorite second chance romance ever. Um, and it's so funny, but okay. So perfect book two in that series is called perfect. He is a movie star that okay. had been found guilty of murdering his wife. He escapes prison. Oh. Wow, ends up in this yes. small Kentucky town. This is 1992. <laughs> you guys or no, this small Texas town. He kidnaps the heroine who is in love with the hero, like in love with him. Has okay. always, That's her like Hollywood crush. He, he didn't really need to kidnap her. He could have just said, let's go. go right. She's like right. a kindergarten <laughs> teacher in this small Texas town. He kidnaps her and they drive <laughs> and they make it to Colorado to um, a very high end. The billionaire millionaire guy from book one, his ski oh. chalet in the of mountains course. of Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it only has one bedroom and one bed. In a ski chalet owned by a billionaire. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I always like, yeah. Judith, we didn't really think that one out because <laughs> I've seen real estate in Aspen. Right. Yeah. Those don't just have one. I will say the way we set this up is because it's the Mary Falls Inn and all of these people are snowed in. It's just that there's only one room left. Right. There are multiple rooms. Yeah. But there's a lot of people there. Well, and it makes sense in a bed and breakfast or in an inn where they would have a single bed, you know, because yeah. it's going to be yeah. like a romantic getaway kind of place. Exactly. Um, exactly. Because we did the one bed close proximity in one of our episodes. And yeah. um, one of the girls that was on it used to work in the hospitality industry. And she's like, it's like <laughs> less than 5% of hotel rooms are only <laughs> one bed. Like you want a king size bed and all you can get is two queens, right? right? <laughs> but funny story, when we went to HEA in Indianapolis, Leah, her room was a king and she awesome. shared it with listener Susie. They share bunked a room and she's like, and you're like look, we're a trope. <laughs> I know. So is only one bed, is that a trope or is that a micro trope? It's a trope. Okay. It's a trope. Okay. It's trope. And it absolutely everyone, you know, we've talked before about close versus forced proximity. Right. That's one that's a little harder to define. Yes. Because yes. you could choose to sleep on the floor, I guess. 
But if you want to sleep in a bed, you really don't have a choice. I like, I actually like, so by the time my couple gets to that point, they're fine with one bed. So it's not really a question, but I do like the ones where there's only one bed, they hate each other, but they're both like, I'm not sleeping on the floor. (laughs) They're just like, deal with it. Kelly Jamison has one called Game Changer, where it's his family's wedding. It's a hockey romance. She's a runaway bride and he is just her friend and he's actually teammates with the groom she leaves on the altar. She goes with him to the family wedding and they he's booked into a room that only has a king size bed, but then it has like a lounge or a couch. Right. Um, and there's this super spicy mutual masturbation scene. Ooh. Like super spicy because he stays and sleeps it. on the lounge and she lays right. the better the other right. way around. Right. But we also laugh about the wall of pillows. It never yes. works, people. Stop no, of course it. not. Um, Pippa Grants, and I can't think of the name of it. Pippa Grants, the first in her series where they're away at a wedding. Anyway, there's there's a hide a bed and then the bed. So he's gonna sleep on the hide a bed. Well, it's broken. Yeah. So, so it's like their intention is good. It like makes sense. There's like a couch, and then you can still make it work. <laughs> so, so your other book, yeah. your other Christmas book is part of your why choose. Mm-hmm. A universe series that you and author Aaron McCarthy are writing together. Yes, yes. four pucking Christmases, <laughs> which was so fun. Like really, oh, the camper, the <laughs> camper. I know. Somebody asked me the other day whose idea that was, and this is how this series works. We don't know whose idea anything is because we get on Zoom calls to plot you know, and we throw something out and then the other one goes, oh my gosh, yes. And what about, and how about this? And it's back and forth. And then at the end, we're like, we don't know whose idea anything was. So (laughs) it was both our ideas. So before we get into that one, and we did a recent quick shot, you guys can find that in our podcast feed. Um, Why do you think Why Choose seems to have a little bit of a renaissance? Like, I feel like throuples were really popular 2008, 2009, 2010. Yeah. Yeah. And then they kind of went away. We saw much more monogamous, you know, we still got HFNs, but we didn't really get this multicast of peoples. I know. It's so, it's fascinating to me because as a reader, I just, I enjoy them so much because to me, it is very fantastical because living with one man is more than enough most days. So (laughs) the idea of having three, no. Um, So part of it to me, I think is that is women are like, this is the good parts of this. And, you know, we're going to pretend all the bad stuff doesn't happen. Um, And I just, it's the, it is literally in the title, right? It's why choose. You get to have the hot nerd. You get to have the dirty alpha dom. You get to have the golden retriever and you don't have to, as a reader, even pick, you yeah. just get to have them all in one book. So, I mean, I think that's why they're popular. I don't know why. So there's so many dark ones. There's right. so many dark Academy ones. And that was actually why Aaron and I started writing this is because we found some fun ones. We were like, we need more fun ones. We need more that are funny. So I guess we'll write some. So it's really interesting. Cause <laughs> I like your fun ones. I really like Lauren Blakely's, um, yeah. Who's the other one that has like the Snowden with the Swedish mountain men? Um, Lily Gold. Lily Gold. Yeah, I really, really like fun. hers. Yep. Um, but honestly, like I struggle with the dark ones because they often mm-hmm. feel like HFNs. 
and the yeah. happily for now, wow. which if you like that, that's fine. But I always feel yeah. like if we come back to that couple in two years, she's going to have picked someone. Yeah. And for me, just personally, sometimes they are so dark and everyone has a tragic backstory. And so for me, four tragic backstories and people working through trauma and people making kind of horrible decisions at times is just a lot. You know, it, I can read it with a, with a couple, but when you add in two more people then who are hurting and affecting other people, it just gets to be a lot for me. Yeah. So I think that was why. So we were reading Lily Gold. That's actually who kind of hooked us on like the idea of fun rom-com, um, yeah. you know, why choose. And then we were so excited when Lauren did it because we were like, oh, good. You know, this is, this is a thing. Like people do want this. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love, I mean, I like Lauren's. I love your guys's. Um, I you. like Lily Gold. They're, yeah. they're what I want in a why choose because it is, it feels fun and fantastical. Yeah. And like with your, your guys, they're so incredibly different, Yeah, but yeah. really they're was... kind of the same in other ways, like the right. care that they take yeah. to each other, but also like, they're also damn awkward with each other. Like, right. I'm always right. like. I mean, in our opinion, of course we're biased, but in our opinion, ours is a little different in that none of the guys are bi right. and none of them were together to start because a lot of times that's, you know, your starting point is at least a couple of them are really good friends. They've maybe shared women in the past or whatever. Right. And in ours, that was not a thing. They knew each other. They know each other because of their work with the hockey team, but they were not even that really, really that good of friends. So it makes it so fun to set them up into these situations where they're like, wait a second. Yeah. What am I doing again? <laughs> if you had asked me after the first one, yeah. um, pucking one night stand, if you had asked me after that, I would have told you that Michael wins. Like he's my fave. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but now after reading for pucking Christmases, uh -huh. I am starting to fall in love with crew and you guys, he's such a cinnamon roll <laughs> golden retriever. Like he's the beta hero of the four of them, even though he's like this really tough hockey guy, but he just, just like wants everybody to be happy and love everybody. The fun, the most fun thing for Aaron and I is probably reading reviews and all of the guys have a fan club. You know, yeah. like there's no, there's no, just one who's, although Michael sort of pulls ahead. I think if we were tallying things up, Michael kind of pulls ahead, which delights us because crew and Nathan are such strong personalities. Like they're so easy to write. They're so just obvious. Michael's the more, um, like normal, <laughs> the more typical hero. And so it's like, we want to make sure he shines on the page too. So that makes us happy when people tell us we, that they love him, but his yeah. family, I'm, and you guys can go listen to the quick shot we did on it. His family was the most normal, like their Absolutely. reaction was like the best. Yeah. And like, I wasn't like, okay. Yeah. I know it, it was fun for us to like delve into that. So people are like, well, it's a Christmas novella, like whatever, who cares? But we started thinking about it and we're like, actually, people are going to need to read this, you know, as, as they go through the series, if you, you kind of have to read them all and read them in order. And I think you're going to not be able to skip the Christmas novella. It just no. gives you a lot of insight into these people and who they are. It um, yeah, something. Particularly for like Nathan, cause he's still a little bit of an enigma and yeah you deal with his family dynamic in the book and that explains yeah. why he is the way he is. And 
it's interesting because if you are typically just writing a you know the normal series without like something like Christmas, we might not get that family yeah. dynamic and family history. Um, but as you are plotting out and making characters and stuff, even if the family isn't going to have a part in the book, do you still build that backstory at least in your head? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do as a writer by myself and Aaron and I definitely did because we knew going into this, if we're going to write this together, you know, we need to be consistent. Like every, you know, every scene needs to be consistent. So, so we don't divide it up. It's not like I always write, you know, crew or Danny and she writes Nathan and Michael with nothing like that. So we both write them all. And so we knew we had to be really consistent. We had to know them really well. So yeah. So we talked about who they both were, where they came from. We knew how many brothers and sisters they each had and all of that. And it was fun because we were like, it feels like he would have this. And then we'd go, yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. You know, so it was, it was really fun. It's so it fascinating really to me. Um, and actually like some of these Christmas novellas, that's one of the things that I love about them is we yeah. do get these backstories or we get that like side character that's been kind of lingering that no one's really yes. like we didn't get that's their fine. full story, but and yep. maybe they're not destined for a 350 yeah. page book, yeah. but right. you give us, you know, um, 130, 200 pages yeah. and we get their story. I love that. I think how people react to family and holidays and traditions tells you a lot about them, no matter what. So even if you have a couple who don't go see their family and you never meet their parents on page, just at some point, they usually talk about family traditions or what past Christmases were like or things like that. And so you do, you get to learn something about them from that. And we all are formed by our past for better or worse <laughs> by our families. So yeah, I think that's, what's kind of fun about the Christmas ones too. We can all relate to something. Yeah. Something. I also like the bonkers ones. Like I have read my <laughs> share of bonkers. I read uh monster pucker, which is um, a Yeti and Krampus. I heard you talk about that on your episode. It's so it was good. So good. Worth a read. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Worth the read. Um, Trick Shot by uh, Kayla Gross. Is I think she's, Christmas? it is Christmas. They meet uh, at the airport. Know. Now I will say there is deception trope in it. Okay. She thinks that he, that one of the guys is this famous hockey player, which is his brother. Okay. Oh, and he okay. lets her okay. believe that. So I could see where that would like um, throw somebody off. Sure. But given to where I like started and <laughs> reading deception is not certain it's times not I can handle it. Sometimes I'm like, whoa, I yeah. don't need that. Um, are there any holiday romances that were have like um, that you reread each year? Like that you're oh, like, oh, this story is so good. So for me, um, Krista Sandor has one called Not Your Average Vixen. Yeah. I told you, you about, about this. I downloaded it. Yep. Oh my God. That yeah. book. So I love holiday decorations and I love baking and I love yeah. all the stuff that's around the holidays. But right. I'm not a celebration type person. Mm -hmm. For a lot of years, we didn't do crowds because of our son's immune system. And then, um, I don't have a large family at all. And my husband's family, you know, travel's expensive and his family was, right. you know, farther out. Yeah. So we just didn't travel for holidays. Um, yeah. And so 
the actual celebrations on the days of the holidays, ours are really low key. Um, yeah, even for Thanksgiving, like nice. this year we did catering from the barbecue place and sat on the couch for three days. Like it was great. Yeah. That sounds um, kind of nice. There yeah. are times. There are times. My husband comes from a humongous family. Our families both live like close enough. You have to travel to see them, but far enough that it's kind of a pain to do yeah. it. Um, so when our kids were little, we did lots of all the road trips and all the staying overnights and stuff. And so we don't, we still do, but not as much. And yeah. it's kind of nice. We're going actually next week to New Orleans, just us and the kids. Which That's going to be our Christmas. So exciting. So yeah, it's going to be great. But I read Not Your Average Vixen by Krista Sandor. And it's yeah. all the things that I kind of love, yeah, love about Christmas. Yeah. The baking, her sister, the heroine sister is getting married at a snow um, resort or at a ski resort in the mountains of Colorado. But it's a town, it's called Kringle Mountain, and the town is a retirement awesome. place for mall Santas. Like after no. they've like gone past and they're no longer that. being mall Santas, they yeah. all live in this town of Kringle Mountain. I I might have to check. I mean, I'm going to check that out for sure but now. They I mean, have I'm- like... They have these bobcats that they drive through the snow that all have reindeer names on them. And it's just. <laughs> That's amazing. It's all the fun kitschy of Christmas. I love it. Without like, like the celebration. Right. Right. Like you just get it. You yeah. don't have to like create it. Yeah. No, yeah. I am not. I'll be really honest. I'm not a big rereader okay. just in general. Um, So not really though. I did think about rereading. Um. Tis a season for revenge. Cause I really, really enjoyed that one last year. Yeah. Um, but I have a recommendation. It's called the plight before Christmas, Kate Stewart. Stewart. Here's what I will say about it though. It is a slow start. Okay. <laughs> Dick with it though. It is really, really worth it. And actually everything in the beginning, I'm not sure everything in the beginning, sorry, Kate, but like there's, but everything, all the buildup she does pays off. So it's worth it. But it was a little bit of a like, oh, I don't know. When is it going to start? Like, when's the story going to start? But man, when it does, it's really, really good. And it's like, if you like Christmas stories where crazy family is a part of it, yeah, this is it. So she goes home, she gets, she hates her job. She's dumped her boyfriend or gets dumped. I can't remember which, but she's suddenly single. Goes home to her family and her mom and dad, sister, brother, their husband's kids, the whole bit. She's the only single one. They're all worried about that, of course. Right. But her brother brings home a coworker who has nowhere to go for the holidays. It is her college ex, like the guy she was madly in love with. And she is like, what the fuck is going on? Come to find out he knew that's where he was going for Christmas because he's been in love with her all this time. So they're stuck with her family for a week doing all the family stuff, the games, the decorating, the little kids running around. And it's really quite adorable and okay. it really pays off. And there's, there's some spice and the whole bit. So yeah, have to check that out. We did, yeah. we've started a new thing over on our Instagram where community members are recommending some of their holiday reads that okay. they have found. And that was one of the ones that came up today. So oh, good. Yeah. Got, I'm going to have to put it on my Kindle. I read it on um, audio. So okay. that helped, but it, it still felt something. So like I just said, just stick with it. Stick it's with worth it. it. Um, and then Julia Olivia, I think that's her name, has a book, just the mall Santa thing reminded me. I, I, I have it on my Kindle. I can't find it right now, but um, 
it's like the mall Santa tour or something. It's like a bunch of her exes are mall Santas. And for some reason she's going back to visit them. <laughs> so I'm just intrigued by the premise. Um, so. AJ Truman has one called hot mall Santa. It's a male, male uh, Santa oh, okay. romance. Okay. Um, and I think the audio is on hoopla. So if you have hoopla, that's a place to get that. I cannot tell you that I've ever really thought of mall Santas as being anything that I was interested in one way or another, but now it's a trend. Now you got to <laughs> check it out. I have yeah. to say, so last year at Christmas time is when I found Carrie Elk's Winterville series. I have heard of this now. I haven't. I actually eyed it last year and I didn't start it's it. It's a but... six book series and it's written yeah. in third person, dual point of view, which I know yeah. third person can throw people off some. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it, it doesn't mean I don't. It doesn't bother me at all. But this series, I read book one and the whole premise is she kind of based it on Dolly Parton's Dollywood. So the main okay. heroine's name is Candy Winter. She is a okay. former Hollywood starlet who was like kind of like a Rosemary Clooney. All her fame came from holiday movies. Okay. And but she had three children with three different men. And okay. kind of as her children were growing up, she decided to leave Hollywood, take her money, went back to her hometown in West Virginia and bought the mountain. And created oh, Winterville, okay, which is this Christmas-themed town that kind of relives her glory days of being a 1950s Hollywood Christmas starlet. Right. But it's year-round? Yeah. It's, it's Christmas year-round. Okay. Well, there's bigger celebrations for Christmas, but okay. the town has Christmassy themes all year-round. Okay. And okay. Um, book one starts out... Candy has passed and her children, her three children are trying to sell. It might be four children with four different men. I think it's four children, four different men. The children are, her children are trying to sell the mountain to a billionaire developer that wants to tear the town down and build a huge ski resort. Of course. Right. And the grandchildren say, whoa, we're going to okay. save the town. So okay. the first girl, the first heroine in Welcome to Winterville, she's kind of the business mind. She is a business analyst and she's going to come in and save the town against the billionaire developer who she falls in okay. love with. But she's a granddaughter and her parents and aunts and uncles are trying to sell the town. Oh, yes. that's interesting. Okay. So then okay. like the next book is a second chance romance. They find out he goes to do something and finds out that their divorce seven years previous never happened. Oh, of course. Okay. Thanks to his dad. Okay. Thanks to his dad. Um, okay. The next book is uh, he's a professional snowboarder and He's come back to town after an injury and is opening up a lift and ski school. Okay. And um, the heroine is one of his former teammates, competitors, that um, it's his little sister. And she's hiding out with him in Winterville. So, you know, okay. brother's best friend. Yeah. Um, the fourth book, she's runs the inn. So each, each cousin has yeah. a different role in the town. So yeah. like in book one, she's the business. Book two, she runs the theater that has the um, holiday spectacular every year. Right. 
Right. With their grandma. Right. Right up on screen. Yep. Book three, he's going to run the snow lift and bring more business to town. And book four, she runs the inn. Book five, he's the grumpy Christmas tree farmer. Oh, you got to have a grumpy Christmas tree farmer. And it's so funny because he ends up marrying his or his heroine ends up being his best friend and business partner um, that helps him run the tree farm. And um, she like totally puts him on display. Like she'll be like, you should chop wood and take your shirt off. (laughs) And take your shirt off. (laughs) So that people will come to the tree lot. Because that's obviously how you would always chop wood. Right. 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 Of course. And then the sixth book just came out um, Thursday, yesterday. And this is a cousin that's kind of been an enigma. And he's back to town. And it's him returning home and completing kind of the family and all this stuff. It's just like she does this once a year, like every every Christmas. She releases a book in this series. No, actually, I think she's been releasing it. She kind of staggers her different book series. So I think this series started Christmas of 2021, I think is when it is, but it's like been every three or four months we've, or maybe, yeah. Yeah. How, how steamy are we talking here? So, um, I would say like medium spice, some, the, the book with the tree farmer is spicy and gets a little kinky. Oh, Okay. Can you read them out of order? <laughs> Absolutely, you can. Absolutely can. In that one, the heroine is, um, she jilts her groom. That's the start okay. of the book. She jilts her groom. Okay. I'm okay with that. And then finds out she's pregnant from the groom that she jilted. Ooh. Okay. Oh, I've maybe seen ads for this. Yeah. Like TikTok. I think I've seen videos and for this. And it is, yeah. yeah. And let's just say that I would, I'd venture to get that North has a pregnancy kink. Okay. He's all he he likes all he likes her pregnant body a lot. I like that. I like a lot. That. But it's really good. You can read Carrie Alex out of um out of order, but it's one of those series that when I found it, I like how I like you. I like the Hallmark movies. I think they're fun. Yeah. But me too. There's no chemistry. Yeah. It's like, oh, let's just a little more. Just a little yeah. more. These are what I wanted. Like I would say if you imagined Vi Keelan writing a Christmas town. So it's about Vi Keelan spice and <laughs> okay. low angst. That works. That totally and, works. Um, but I love, I'm obsessed with them. I'm obsessed with them. If you like um, grumpy Christmas tree farmers, I do like um, Holiday by Monica, Monica Murphy. Murphy. Love that book. That book. Okay. The very book. first year that we did our Christmas in July episode, I yeah. gave that book to Leah to read and I yeah. had read it when those date books were coming out, mm-hmm. but I didn't necessarily like remember, remember it. Yeah. They only kiss in that book. They do? Yeah. There's no spice in that book. They don't kiss until like, uh, like see, 80%. Like oh, so she writes a really good hero then because that guy, I don't know. I remember that book all the time. Yeah. I always think of that book. Same. That's interesting. Yeah. I, it's so I've known Monica for years. I love her so much. And when she tried that series, you know, to try to do more like adult, not, you know, to not do as much of her NA stuff. I was like, I love these books. Oh my gosh. I was so into that whole series. Um, but then she went back to the NA, which is awesome. I mean, obviously that's huge. That's where she should be. Right. But yeah. I actually loved, she wrote a winery series Yep. in the early yeah. days. And then she had yeah. the flower sisters. Mm-hmm. Those books were freaking yeah. spicy. Yeah. Like sister can write some spice. 
She can write some spice. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, but yes, in that book, Holiday, they kiss. No kidding. One Isn't kiss. That so weird how you don't remember stuff like that. So in the other date books, they're those are spicier though, right? In that yeah. series? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would say medium totally slow burn. It wasn't yeah. overly they are not what she's writing now. I was gonna say, if you read Monica Murphy now, these are gonna be really tame. <laughs> yeah. You have to think of it almost as a different it's a pen different name. Monica Murphy. <laughs> I would say it's funny because Lauren Blakely sometimes will give you like huge spice in her books. And then she, other times yeah. they're like not hugely spicy. Yeah, I uh, would agree with that. And so I it's really, I just, I have to imagine it has to do with her mood. <laughs> probably, probably. Yeah. I mean, it probably does. Yeah. That, but that's a really good point. So yeah, different Monica Murphy. <laughs> different Monica Murphy's. Um, she won't mind me say that. It's all the same to her, right? <laughs> What other Sorry, Christmas <laughs> romances? Um, do you have any others on your? Oh gosh, I'm trying to think. Um, like I said, I'm reading Big Nick Energy now. I haven't. I'm not. I'm not through it, but I'm enjoying it very much. I think Morgan Elizabeth can write a pretty good darn book. Um, what else is on my list? I have a bunch that I have downloaded and haven't <laughs> gotten to yet. I read um, Marin Moore's. Um, she had mistletoe bet yeah. and festive feud. So those are really great because one of her hockey heroes, I think it's his hometown that he kind of has retired to with his family now okay. that he's okay. not playing hockey. And mm -hmm. it it's really great. It's just really awesome. great. They were short awesome. and sweet. And I really um, enjoyed them. Have you read Amy Award yet? She has cocked down the block. No, I have not. I mean, I've seen that book all over, of course, but. Um, so she did a holiday anthology that, um, yeah. And if you join her newsletter, it's really good. It's called Bare Naked with the Bearded Baller is the <laughs> holiday. And that's her book in the anthology. But if you join her newsletter, she sends you a book called um, Ants in Santa's Pants. Okay. And this is the cover like it's oh. a naked oh shoot I, that's okay it's a naked yeah. it's a naked santa with a hat um i like it it was I quick like and it. fast i think it was 43 pages oh, 33 okay. pages 33 pages so but plenty um, of space i'm looking forward to we talked the other day about uh, mary carr's book that's coming out naughty and nice i am looking forward to that one yeah it, when does it come out oh well naughty and nice is out now okay i think uh lee and i read that book let me look at if it's out. You want to talk about a first kiss? Yeah, good one. Yeah. Yeah. I need to download it. Um, and actually, Mary Carr, Aaron McCarthy, and I wrote a book together that uh Mary re-released. And I have to ask her what it's called now because we had a hell of a good time writing that book. Were and, you part uh, of the group that did like the little novellas they used to do? It is out now. Um, this was a book that, no, I, I, no, this was just a book that three no. of us wrote together. Um, and we used to, it was called, um, Big Package and it was like a, he was a Santa at his aunt's, um, store at Christmas and then met the heroine. Um, have I have to, to ask her what she retitled it because that one's really fun. Um, but yeah, yeah. And, and actually Naughty and Nice is out now. So go grab that one from Mary Carr. I know that one's going to be steamy. So just, you I talk about a first kiss. <laughs> a yeah. first kiss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I, I, so I actually, I love Mary Carr's menages. Those are always my favorite. And I wanted her to make this a menage, but she didn't, but I'm sure it's still really good. <laughs> um, this hero didn't need to be in a menage. This one didn't because the previous yeah. one. Yeah, she mixes hers up. Previous one were a menage. This one didn't need to be because this one is like enemies to lovers, like real enemies to lovers. Because oh, this okay. is another one of those close proximity versus forced proximity. So in 2024, I am yeah. taking. So I feel like 2023, I took on the mistroping of forced proximity. Okay. Like I will tell you that an HEA dies every time an author says roommates is forced proximity. <laughs> If you tell me coworkers, I'm put on a pillow. If coworkers are forced proximity, an <laughs> HEA dies. I mean, that's true. That's true. You can obviously you go home at the end of the night. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, unless your boss sends you to a conference and you're stuck in an elevator, the power or goes off. There's only one bed. Right. That is forced right. proximity. But right. I'm telling you, like, so that was 2023. Okay. Um. This. Crusade is 2024's crusade is true enemies to lovers, rivals hmm. to lovers, and adversaries to lovers. So every like time that. you miss trope, enemies to lovers, an HEA is going to die. You're gonna tell me. What is the difference between rivals and adversaries? Because I totally agree with you about enemies and rivals being different. So adversary rivals is going to be closer to enemies to lovers. Like there is okay. going to be something that they're competing against each other so you think of rivals as like a football game okay they're both so trying to score once yeah the, they're both up for the promotion if they're, both, they're both up for the, like the right. hating game would be rivals yes. to lovers adversaries okay. are they don't get along but they're both competing okay. towards a common goal oh okay so like okay. i just read um a christmas romance called um Oh, shoot. What was that called? Uh, I can't remember. Um, I don't know. We have a quick check coming up and I can't remember the title. <laughs> Tune um, in later. <laughs> uh, that they are doing a he's the like financial officer for another for a small town. And the two okay. small towns are merging their holiday celebrations. And okay. but he's in control of her budget. And right. she has to figure out how to make the festival as grand as it always is under his watchful eye of the budget. Right. His goal is the Christmas festival. So they have a common right. goal, but how they, they just don't like each other, how they achieve that right. is going right. to cause more butting of heads. And I think sometimes brother's best friend can be slash adversary. Cause then it's more like, I grew up with this guy or he yeah. was a jerk to me in high school or whatever, but you still both like your brother and you both are attracted. But the right. only problem is you just have like this history or whatever. Right. I think that's there. so enemies to lovers. You're going to see more of a history, a family history. So Hatfield yeah. and McCoy's Romeo right. and Juliet. Right. Rivals. Think of it as a football game. You both are trying to score against each other. Right. So your competition. Right. Adversaries, common goal, but you really just don't like this person. Yeah. yeah. And I, when I have done rivals, which like I said, is this Christmas book of mine. It's not even like he likes her. She doesn't like him, but he likes her. So that can't be enemies. You know, right. like when one of them actually has good feelings toward the other one. 
Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's 2024. Okay, so that's 2024. 2024's, I'm going to educate. I like it. And fix. I like it. You know, it's so stupid the things that bug you, but like honestly, I will come across a post of an author that's like, you know how the current graphics, you know, where everybody's like kind of troping their book. Yeah. For little promo. arrows. Yeah. yeah. Which I love because we all know I don't read a blurb. I wish here. Can I just say, can you also take this on for us? Yeah. Can we just do blurbs like that now? Yes. We just put up a post like that with an arrow and not write synopses and blurbs anymore. I am all for it. Do you know who is the queen of blurbs? Vi Keelan. I do not know who writes her blurbs. I was going to say. But her blurbs read like a prologue. Oh, okay. Because it's like the moment that brings you. Right. To the start of page one. The book. Oh, I'm going to go study those now. Blurbs are so hard. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to write them. But no. I, but a lot of times I'll find, like, there was one blurb I came across and it was accidental pregnancy, which I love. I love accidental pregnancy. I read the blurb and I'm like, I'm in this. So this is going to be like a one night stand. They right. come together when they find out she's pregnant. They don't find, she doesn't find out she's pregnant till almost like 70% in the book. Yeah. But it was in the blurb. Like, yeah, it felt spoilery at that point. That we need you guys have talked about this on your podcast before, and I a thousand percent agree with this. Authors maybe shouldn't be troping their own books. Yeah, you guys have said that before, and like the ba- major tropes, maybe right, yeah. like it's workplace or it's whatever. But like, I think it's really helpful when readers tell us what the book is yeah. <laughs> to them. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, I recently did some beta reading work for you. And that's part of that is yeah. telling you the tropes that I see within right. that book. Um, right. And when I do like uh, editing, line editing, all that kind of stuff for authors, I will then um, give them a list of tropes that I think especially like especially if I'm proofreading so this book's gone through everything it's final I'm the last person that's touching it right I'll give them a list of what I think are the tropes and actually um it was Aurora Rose Reynolds she was like I will be back (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna say do they ever go really okay (laughs) no she was like thanks yes yeah well because authors and I don't know how many years it takes us to learn this it takes us several years to learn this right we we know our books best, but we know them too well is the thing, you know, and that can be a hindrance when you're trying to first tell somebody about why they should read a book. You can't, you, you know, it too well to really just explain basically like, this is what you would like about it. It's just, it's too hard. It's too hard. I, and it's something, you know, it's interesting because, and this is kind of a newer thing happening in Romance Landia, the talk of tropes yeah. five, six years ago, tropes were not talked about like they are now it is kind of a newer guide yeah to you know helping readers find their next read i think so and i I love it especially because I i don't want spoilers but i'm also very privileged i don't have any triggers there's nothing birds i'm sorry i lied birds are a trigger i had to dnf if I don't say this, Leo will get mad at me. I had to need DNF Kate Canterbury's beard, Beauty and the Beard. Uh, beard. Yeah. I had to oh, DNF sorry. it because chapter two 
he opens oh, no. the door to the cabin that she's inherited yeah. and bats fly out. Oh, and bats. It describes in detail about the bats oh. and the bats flying out of the house. And I was done. I don't do that. Like, can't stop. Can't forget this. Um, I feel like tropes, this is maybe a dumb thing to say. Well, I think just be, being conscious of them. I feel like 10 years ago, there weren't as many that we talked about. Yeah. You know, it's like small town or, you know, like, I feel like the tropes were broader and we talked about them in a bigger picture way than we do now, which I love, like you said, I love the way we do it now. Now it describes a book to you. It tells you what you want. We all know what to go look for. It's our search engine, right? It's like what you go to Amazon and search for. But so I, I you really put like it in it. Google too, you know, especially yeah. because although I um we talk about this often on the podcast, I'm mad at past Becky that didn't keep shelves on Goodreads <laughs> and, yeah. you know, put that that was a <laughs> small town or uh-huh. a micro. <laughs> I think it's because you have like no idea how big your shelves are going to get. Like, I really feel like it's like you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe yeah. how many books I read. Yeah, I, I told my editor for years, like, why can't I just do a bullet list of what's in this book? Why do I have to write a whole blurb? Nobody wants sentences. Why do I need to use commas and periods? Let's just bullet, bullet I just, point it. Yeah, I want the list of tropes. That's, <laughs> that's what every, I think that's what everybody wants. I mean, that's just what we look for. That's what we're all in there for. Right. So, yeah. Okay, so have two questions left and then we'll get into the end of this all this uh one is there a trend of 2023 of romances that you have just loved oh um well i mean again biased i do think that the um little surge which i hope grows and continues but this little surge of funny white shoes I don't think there's been a lot of those pecking around, I think did a lot for that. I think people were like, oh, white shoes can also be funny and warm and emotional. <laughs> and it's not all academy and whatever. Um, not that there's anything wrong with those. I mean, I've enjoyed many of those too, but um, so I like that. What else, what else, what else? Um, I just, I am overwhelmed every single day by the number of romances that are out there in a good way. Cause, because literally, if you cannot find a book that you like, I don't know what you're looking for. There are yeah. books for every single person. And I love that. I think um, the, the the really honest, transparent conversations about romance and about what it should be and what it is and why it matters is, I hope that continues. I mean, some of it's painful, but I think it's important. Yeah, I I agree. I think it is painful, especially when people, you know, a couple of years ago, somebody said, especially like the bodice rippers that those were aren't really great anymore. Like right. readers right. of 2023 can't read Joanna Lindsay and Jude Devereaux right. because there are really some right. not great pieces in them in the exactly. eyes of 2023. And I still hold those stories dear, but I also right. have had to have that realization that, Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my, my very favorite TV show of all time is Seinfeld. And I watch it over and over and over. It's a comfort watch for me, but it's not okay anymore either. Yeah. And if you watch it, if you know the show, my kids and I have watched it, you know, and they, they're like, oh, that would never make it on TV now, you know, which is a good thing. It's okay. It's okay that things change. But I do think that um, the open, transparent conversation, and, and sometimes you have to be forced to change. None of us like to change. And you change or you die, right? So, But I do like the conversations because I also like being challenged. That's the other thing that I, I've i had in 2020. Well, really 2022 is when it started. 
um, I started following more content book content creators that were uh, BIPOC content mm-hmm. creators Same. and them telling and saying, hey, listen, I'm not doing the work for you anymore. Yeah. You need to go and find those books. If you really want to read diversely, you need to do the work. Exactly. And it makes you do the work. And I like that. I like that too. And I love, I love being told, being reminded, well, and sometimes just flat out told you're doing this wrong. You're not doing what you should be doing or reminded, Hey, remember you were going to try to do that better. You're not doing that better yet. And I just think that's important for all of us. I really, really do. Yeah. I, I, it's one thing that's happened because of having adult children now too. They will hold you accountable. So um, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's great. Isn't yeah. it great? Um, it gets a little loud around the house sometimes, but it's great. Yeah. <laughs> My husband's convinced we're raising communists. Like I know, right? I know. I I said to my son the other day, I go, I think it's just amazing that someone at your age thinks he knows everything about, you know, and he's like, I can't talk to you anymore. And he just left the room and I was like, Well, <laughs> I guess we're done talking. About I guess that, that conversation. My husband goes, I don't think either of you handled that very well. You know, but like it's so interesting when your children become humans that have thoughts outside of what you taught them. Yeah. Or would they challenge your frame of mind and challenge where you're your thinking things? And they're like, mm, mom, absolutely. no, absolutely. Absolutely. It's so good. It's so good. So for, for all of the bad things about social media, I still believe that the good things outweigh it because I, I do think that's how we connect and it's how we learn and it's how you get called out, but you should be sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah. If I screw up, I want people to tell me yeah. it hurts for a minute. Um, yeah, and there's nicer ways to do it sometimes than others, but that's not on, uh, you yeah. know, that nobody owes me, um, <laughs> politely telling me that I would, you know, said something that hurt them. Yes. Agreed. Um, yeah. is there one, do you, what do you hope happens in 2024? For the industry? Yeah. For Romance Landia. What world? is there? <laughs> world peace. <laughs> like world peace. You are now Miss America. Um, Thank you. Miss Um, <laughs> um no, for romance, for romance uh, books, means, yeah. the industry. Um, well, I mean, it, I can get granular in that I wish, hope, pray that Amazon can actually be a retailer that's <laughs> worthy of the work we do. Um, that would be nice if we actually had a place we could go and trust. But actually, the the new sort of wave is uh, authors selling direct to their readers. And I really like that trend. I really like that trend. I think it's going to grow. I know it is. I know it's going to grow. And um, the fact that readers are coming along for that is amazing to me and awesome. And I think 2024 will be a big year for that. And so that's exciting for authors to take that back and to take that control because that will benefit everyone. That will benefit the readers too. Yeah. So it's interesting. And I know Amazon is not always the best place. But I do always like to caveat that Amazon, if it didn't exist as it did right. in 2009, 2010, or right. 2008, 2009, 2010, yeah. we wouldn't have the indie author movement to the extent we that we have it now. It We would not. It made Absolutely. it accessible. Absolutely, it did. And it continues to make it accessible and affordable to readers who, I mean, it's... 
It's so hard because I totally agree with that. And I'm an Amazon reader myself. Right. Like, can if I they go could up- just stop being shitheads, that would be well, great. Well, can they stop um, canceling my friend's pre-orders the day before a release and saying, we need you to prove your copyright when you when they've been publishing on your platform for 10 years? Yeah. I mean, you know, like it's it's stuff like that. Like the, the more they turn over to AI and bots and things, that's the problem. I would just, they could do it differently and they, but they won't. Um, but authors and readers both need to remember that Amazon doesn't, they're not our friend. No. <laughs> they are a business, they are a retailer, and they are always going to look out for Amazon first. And we just all need to stop thinking that they owe us anything. They are a place where we put our books for you guys to yeah. consume their middleman. And they're also on. not an enemy. They're not an enemy. They're, they're not, not enemy. you know, they're, they're putting things to bots and AI because it's cheaper. Right. <laughs> like every other business is doing it's glitchy as hell. And, sure. um, people think this is what's so funny. And I get caught up in this too, but they really think that books on Amazon are the biggest thing and is making Jeff Bezos all this money. They're not, <laughs> if they were, he would fix these problems, right? These problems exist because we're not their big cash cow. So um, we just all need to be a little kinder to one another. I think like when pre-orders get messed up, don't email the author and yell at them. No, don't do that. <laughs> no, don't do that. Um, but yeah, again, the more control the authors have and the, really, the direct relationship. I also love Patreon. That's been a big thing in 2023 for me and a lot of my friends. And I think that's going to continue to grow and having that direct I can give you guys stuff today. I can get on Zoom with you. I can give you bonus content. Yeah. Tell me what you want. That kind of relationship was not something that happened in the 80s and the yeah. 90s with your favorite authors. So that kind of stuff is great. It even goes to social media. You know, mm-hmm. I like I watched the Judy Bloom documentary. I didn't know you could be pin pals with Judy Bloom. <laughs> I had no freaking clue. I also right? owned all of those stationaries. Judy Bloom probably is glad that not everyone knew that. Right, probably. <laughs> um, but I can now connect to the reader or to the authors author. that mm-hmm. I love. And, you know, right. social media is how I got there. And social media also has helped create the buzzing about romance community, which, exactly. again, I don't have a ton of real life romance readers. And yeah. so. Right. Reader friends, like a reader communities, like even like my super fan page, I have people who have become friends and then they send in photos because they've met for lunch somewhere when they've been doing a road trip. And that's amazing. Like without social media, we wouldn't have that. That's I like I said, I feel like social media pros outweigh the cons most of the time. Agreed. Agreed. There's cons. There's always cons to every, everything. Right. But I, I just think kindness, you know, uh, readers, authors too. I'm not saying there's not issues on the other side. Um, there just can be such um, sort of entitlement and demand because Amazon has sort of created this instant gratification uh, environment. Yeah. And when that doesn't work, people get frustrated, myself included. <laughs> I've, you know, I've been anticipating a book and then when it doesn't drop, I mean, I get it, but there's, there's humans on the other side. Absolutely. So. Okay. Um, so now Aaron, this is your first time here for this. It is book of the week. It's book of the week time. Aaron, what's your book of the week? And it can be anything, even one of your own books. Oh, it could be one of my own books. Oh, well, I mean, I really can't pass up the chance to say, um, for packing Christmases, because I really, it sounds so dumb, but as somebody who wrote the book, but I really love that book. Um, 
<laughs> and I go back and flip through and go, oh, that part's so funny. That's great. Um, but I will also, I'm going to say a second one too, because I just read, let me find it. Let me find it. Let me find it. Um, is it on my other device? See, here's the problem when you have too many devices, right? <laughs> um, tempting Mr. Scrooge by Logan Chance. Okay. Christmas book, fun, cute, sexy. So okay. y'all should check it out. We have lots of Christmas books for you guys. All of the Christmas books. Yeah, all the Christmas books. So my book of the week is Sawyer Bennett did everybody dirty. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Does she know you're calling her out? <laughs> she knows. She's made me keep a secret since March. Oh. Oh. If you know anything about me, I am not oh. a good secret keeper. Same. I am not. I'm a terrible secret one. keeper. Yeah. So back in March, she came up with this idea that one of her couples from the Cold Fury needed to be revisited and they were being transferred to the Pittsburgh Titans and she was going to do a surprise release uh-huh. December 1st. Okay. So December 1st, Van 2 released. Okay. And I have been sitting on this surprise live release. She had me blurb the book. Oh my So God. I read the book back in October yeah. and wrote the review, but I wasn't allowed to tell anybody that is so mean nothing and she gave like one sentence in the previous book bane that Uh came out in october she gave one sentence that a trade was happening for the team but she didn't Uh give hints as to who it was so for weeks in her social media she's been teasing this book was coming oh no so it is finally out van two it is a revisit to the same couple it is a marriage in crisis. Nobody cheated. Um, okay. It's an absolute homage to the old OG Cold Fury fans. Um, but it care. It was so great. I love marriage in crisis. And it's one of those tropes that it has to be done really exceptionally well or it doesn't work. Yeah. Yes. It's really easy to do it wrong. Yeah. It's very easy to do it wrong. This yeah. was exceptional. And I really liked that. I read the first book, Van, and then went over and read Van 2, and she, the character consistency. I'm and, impressed. And again, and the heroine fights for the marriage because oh. the hero is trying to protect her by That's stepping right. away from the marriage. Like, right. they're getting divorced right. because he's protecting her, and she's like, okay. it doesn't work like that. It doesn't yeah. work like that. Oh, wow. It was swoony and good. He's a dumbass couple rage (laughs) kindle throwing moments but absolutely worth a read so well and honestly you have to um especially if you're doing a marriage in crisis of a couple that people know yeah (laughs) and that they loved that's ballsy actually it is it is but she did it and she did it really really well good good wow um okay so also if you are listening to this between december 4th december 15th we are celebrating (laughs) <laughs> we are celebrating 12 days of Merry Madness over in our Discord. We have a new author joining us each day that has a holiday release this year. Um, so make sure you check out our website to check out all about Merry Madness. It will be lots of fun and we have stuff to give away. Um, Patreon update celebrating three years in the hive is Kelly K, Duchess Katie from our sister podcast, Corset and Crown, Carolina, and Christina without an H. Um, that's how we have to denote that <laughs> they've all been three with years. That's great. Yeah. They've all been with us three years and it's like 400 and 
16, 26 episodes. That's so, amazing. isn't that amazing? Awesome. Um, Swag packs sponsoring authors for December are Golden Angel and Jill Ramsauer. And swag packs go out to Fancy Drinks, Cold Brew, and Queen Bee Tier. And we still have fun buzzing about romance stickers, mood reader cards, and other fun things. These are mailed monthly around the 10th of the month, and we do ship these internationally. Uh, make sure you check out our website. We are currently looking for community input on what is your top read of 2023. Uh, <sighs> It's so hard. It is so hard. I have to get it down to three. Three books. I can't do that. I'm like. I could do maybe a top ten list. Typically, Leah and I would go month to month and pick a book that was published each month of the year. Um, And Leah and I might. We might do that as a Patreon exclusive episode this year. Um, But for our year end podcast, we're just doing our top three reads. And it's really hard because I had a rough reading year this year. Did you? Yeah. I just think it's hard either way, whether you have a, a if you had an amazing year, that's also hard because to narrow it down. Is I did a lot hard. of backlist reading this year, too. Like, yeah. you know, going back yeah. and reading authors yeah. that I've recently found, but have like Carrie and Ryan, I had read on and off over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. but I hadn't read everything. So I've been spending and sister has like 112 well, I was gonna books. Say, that would take you a little while, <laughs> but it's okay. I adore her, so I'll keep reading. <laughs> I mean, it's not a hardship, but it would just take a while. It just does take a while. But she has audiobooks, so she that gets helps. bonus points for that. that. I've I've become a bigger and bigger audiobook user this year. Yeah. Definitely. It's just I don't know. I love them so much and they're just so convenient some of the time. Yeah. It's great. Yep. Uh Aaron, thank you so much for hanging out and yeah, chatting about books and Christmas and all those things with me. Love it. Do my favorite things. <laughs> Excellent. Um, until next time, everyone, happy reading. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.